His rest, not our kind of rest. His rest. Peter writes in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. We can trust something or someone that watches over us. I'm going to say that again. We can trust something that watches, in a good way, not weird horror movie, in a good way, something that watches over us because you know what? If he's watching over us, he knows where we are. This isn't profound stuff, but he knows where we are. So we can trust in him because he knows where we are. I've seen more than ever in my young 40-whatever years, especially last year, that people, and again, well-intentioned people, trust more in provision than the provider that's in front of them. Trust more in the provision that God has given than the provider that gave it to him in these crazy times. Well-intended people. Always appraise where your trust is. Is it, in tr- is it trusting in the identity of patriotism, social stature, acceptance, self-confidence, or just simply masked up pride? Trust in the provider, not the provision. You just say, think of, um, you know, Jesus when he was about to, in the last night of his life, um, and was about to be taken away, and he's in the garden. And he's talking to his father as he did every day, probably many times a day, and saying, Lord, if there be, Father, if there be any other way other than the cross. Two things. I see his humanity right there, saying, oh, boy, I'm trusting you, Lord. I've tr- father, I've trusted you throughout this whole mission that I've been on planet Earth. Second thing I see, though, and my next major point is, God was able to trust Jesus so much that even though there was a fleet, a little shining thing of his humanity, Jesus' humanity, he still knew that God's answer to Jesus was no, that Jesus would still walk to the cross. That's how much the trust was. Romans 8 29 through 30. God knew what he was doing, a.k.a. creating us, right? From the very beginning, he decided from the onset to shape the lives of those who loved him along the same lines, same lines as the life of his son. Different translation, I'm sorry. So my point here is, the same lines as Jesus. So God wants us to trust him as much as he did when Jesus was here on the earth. And in return for that, Jesus wants to trust us as much as he did when Jesus was on the earth before he went to the cross. You know, sometimes we wonder why things don't happen in life that we really thought should happen in life because we had our own ideas. Job promotion, a relationship, the winning lottery ticket, something like that, you know. But could it be that God can't trust you yet in certain areas? We have not fully given trust to God where he needs it for him to come through with you. 
seen many people, and believe me, I'm growing through everything I'm talking about today. I'm, I have not, I can't, I'm not looking down, I'm looking right at you. I've seen many people wonder in ministry why I don't have the worldwide international success of da-da-da-da-da ministry. Because God couldn't trust you just to sit in a church for a minute and maybe serve who's around you. Amen. <laughs> in God we trust. That's my comma for and period for everything. I don't know where I am here now. So he even so yeah, so God wants you to trust him with the call he's put on your life, but he he also cares about the details in between that. Not the best parking spot at the mall every day, but, you know, he cares about the details in your life. He really does. And as that trust in him continues to grow, he trusts that he can help you with those details. The details in between. One of the great symptoms that you can have, this is a good symptom, or two great symptoms, that you're, you're, you're trusting God and stretching your trust in different things in your life is you find there's more peace in your life. And then, even better, you find that you have his understanding in things in his life. Understanding not to puff you up or peace to make you comfortable, but understanding to the how what is related to the me and the things around me at this time. Many of us tend to rest in our belief in a truth, sometimes proud of it, but without understanding, how are you actually relevant to the things around you? It's almost like sitting in a new shiny car you just bought. You're looking good, the stereo's cranking, everything's good, but there ain't no engine in it. It's not going anywhere. If we rest in our truths and not have any of his understanding in it, we're not becoming relevant at all as a Christ follower. Proverbs 4, 7 says, with all, we know this, with all thy getting, get understanding. And that means his understanding. Understanding can help those around you. Without understanding his understanding, we may not really, really see what's in front of us and how we can help fulfill God's mission at the time and wherever we are. Some of us have really rested in the fact that of really what we know instead of who we know. Proverbs 21, 16, about understanding. The man, I'm going to use my translation. I don't know what's up there. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. I looked at a few different translations, and dead was all over those last words. D-E-A, dead. If we wander away from the understanding, congregation of a dead. I can only see that that's a, well, there's probably some denomination, but anyhow, denominations that are quiet and dead. But you understand my point. You don't want to leave the importance of his understanding when we are trusting in him. I can understand it can be hard at times. We live in this 
freeway, microwaved, loud type of culture and world and everything's coming at us at once, our tensions. But we got to be as followers of Christ, know that importance. That has to be your default switch of anything, anything that's going on in your life. It has to be your setting in your spirit, soul, and your mind that no matter what happens, I am trusting in God, and God we trust. For some, it's, it can be very hard because you need so much certainty in life or safety. Or in most cases, you just want control of every aspect of your life. Newsflash, there's a lot of things in life that we have no control over, but yet we continue to, due to maybe a base of fear or pride, to hold on to things. I'm going to read a song. Again, I'm disclaiming. I'm reading a song. I do this quite often because I just believe in the power of lyrics and and, and, and music. But this is a song many of us may know. It's written by our buddy that was here, Mike Donahue, I think last February, 10th Avenue North. And this is a song about control. Don't worry, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But it starts out, Here I am, all my intentions, all my obsessions, I want to lay them all down. In your hands, only your love is vital. Though I'm not entitled, I still call me your ch- you still call me your child. God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to take my hands off my life and the way it should go. God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to open my hands up and give you control. I give you control. I've had plans, trusts and things, right? Shallow and shattered and broken, things I have hoped in fall through my hands. You have plans to redeem and destroy, 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 that's all folks, restore me. You're behind me and before me. Oh, help me believe. God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to take my hands off my life and the way it should go. Somehow that frees me to open my hands up and give you control. Oh, you want me. Somehow you want me. The king of heaven wants me. So this world has lost its grip on me. There's another song that I was listening to the other day. There was this other song I was listening to the other day. It's popular right now. See if I can remember the lyrics. But it's really trusting in a God that loves us so much. It's called Sparrow. Some of you may have heard of it. I'm going to probably botch it up, but here we go. I'm not going to sing it. Um, The sparrow doesn't worry about tomorrow. I know that's scriptural. Or the trouble that may come. The lilies are not worried about the season or the drought or the flood. A tree that's planted by the water isn't phased by the fire. So why should I be? Because you take good care of me. Even before I know my needs, you know them. You take good care of me. Rest in that. Rest in that. And again, when we start to lose more control over our life, that gives space for more freedom in Christ. It really does. 
It really does. So second part. Where should we trust him in? There's many. I'm just going to give you two today that I feel is important. One is finances. Don't get up yet. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But I mean, you just only need one scripture to that, right? Malachi 3.10. He wants us to trust him in our finances, even though he's the one that gives them to us. Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. We know this, that there may be food in my house. Test me, meaning trust me, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and put out so much blessing. Those blessings aren't just monetary money back. This is an investment firm. This is a life firm. So you're going to get back mentally peace, family wholeness. That will not, there will not be enough room to store it. We know that. We know the scripture. So I'll leave that one alone right now. Second place. This gets more challenging. It's been for me over the years, but I'm growing it. God wants us to God wants us to trust more in our encounters with people. People. You know, there's a few in this room. People. Right? There's a quote by Ernest Hemingway. Said the best way to find out if I can trust somebody is to trust them. On the contrast of that, I've heard this quote, I got trust issues because people got lying issues. Right? So those are two contrasted quotes, but they both have the same problem. And again, they're not spirit-filled Christians when they wrote this. But none of them are trusting in God through their encounters with people. Because we'll fail every time if we don't. There's two truths in that too. We can't put our trust in people, right? (laughs) I'll fail you. We'll all fail you to some degree with our will best intentions that we have. I may disappoint you. Others may do other things. Scarring things can happen that an over-the-counter drug can't solve. You know, different things like that. People, because we're encountering people every day. And to be honest, sometimes I can't trust myself with encounters with people. If I start off having a bad day, that may ripple, right? So we need to trust in God through our encounters with people. And those encounters could be with strangers, with family members, mother-in-laws, kinfolk, angry bosses. You know, it's a simple thing, and I think it was Danny Gokey that wrote the song. It's, it's, it's really, that's love God, love people, right? I find that I'm beginning to do this and grow in this, that in my encounters I can see if God is with me and trusting in this, I can see the best in everyone in front of me. It's what he sees, right? Unfortunately, guys, introverts, whatever, Christianity is not a lifestyle of isolation and selfishness. If you think it is, you're going to be miserable. It's a uphill battle. That is not what Christ came to do to isolate us all and just be comfortable. It requires engaging with people. You know, you look at John fifteen seventeen. Jesus was so clear. This is the new commandment to love one another above what? All things. 
God's love needs a target. It always does. Or it's not love. And we're part of those archery people to show his love to a world around us. Another important thing that I was learning in my encounters, again, when I say encounters, you're not pulling your Bible out at the Starbucks drive through and say, I will have a loco, mocha, chaka, whatever, whatever. And oh, by the way, John 3.16, preaching to the person, you know, trying to take your order. I'm not saying that. I'm just talking about sometimes simple encounters that actually reflect a kindness. I know that can be a weird word at times and seems too, too simple, simple, simplistic. But if we put God in trust, he will lead your way if that encounter needs to grow or not. So here's an, an element where I needed to understand. Everybody is somewhere. They really are. Physically, spiritually, mentally, you are somewhere. And if I don't recognize that everybody is somewhere, then ignorance sets in. Ignorance can be very uncomfortable, but for some, it can be a secure place to rest in. So I had to understand, in his understanding, that the place I am in is not the only place that life airways flies to, right? Because if I can get that, I can, be, I can know the spaces in between. Jesus, when he came to this earth, didn't uh, set up shop in the local synagogue, to be somewhere physically where he was and people come to him. He had to go into the communities to know where physically they were somewhere and spiritually he connected with them somewhere when he began to open his mouth and tell what his father said. So trust, stretch your trust in God when you're having encounters daily. People you know, strangers or whatever, set your day for Lord, whoever I encounter today, I need your will to be done because I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you and what I need to handle myself and even respond or react to things too, right? Last year I felt, this is a joke by the way, but follow me. Last year I felt like I walk into any Christian bookstore and they would be selling sumo wrestling gear right at the front of the desk because I felt there were a lot of well-intentioned Christians that were wrestling against flesh and, flesh and blood daily. And it made no sense. It was like, and obviously, you know, we go to the scripture that we are not supposed to wrestle against flesh and blood, right? That was a joke, but this isn't. Ephesians six twelve, six twelve, right? Oh. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rule of the darkness of the world, against the spiritual wickedness people in high, wicked people in high places. Most of the wicked people are not your neighbors that you, that you tend to think so. And how do we fight this really? It's through prayer. It's not through defense systems and all that jazz. It isn't. It's through prayer on our knees in love. I'm going to go a little deeper. You may not like me when I'm done here. I believe God desires people over policy, unity over division, neighbors over labels, and forgiveness over sin. I'll say that one more time. I believe God, when we are trusting him with our encounters, his anthem is he believes more in people over policy, 
unity over division, neighbors over labels, and forgiveness over sin. For some, that may not make sense. Well, then you're probably not in God we trust in all the way. Hey, I'm growing in this too. I just... So it may become more inconvenient to be a Christian now. It's biblical, right? We need to be in God we trust more than ever. Souls are important to God. We can't sometimes get lackadaisical and eat the bait of Satan who's been hooking it, hooking different things for us that just cause distractions from our mission on earth to represent Christ all around us. In Romans, it claims that people will repent by the goodness of God. Not on the steps of a state capitol, not in a courtroom, through you, because you're representing the goodness of God, through you. I understand there's a certain level of responsibility in our civic duties, but if we don't have in God we trust, we're going to get in over our heads trying to well-intention something that goes a different direction. Make your encounters with people count. There's an, an author, that a book I just finished reading, his name's Bob Goff. Many of you have heard of him. He's, um, he wrote a book called Every, Everybody and Always Book. And uh, he was at a place like, okay, I need to enrich my encounters with the people around us. And he was, he's very jovial. He doesn't have a problem talking with people, and he's a great speaker. And, and uh, he said, Lord, I need you to stretch me to trust you better in my encounters with people. And God says, well, you are lacking this thing called patience with people. And he said, okay, I need help. He says, your help is in this children's book. So he found a children's book called My Pale. And to, and to long story short is this children's book where this child felt inadequate in different areas so he would walk along, walk throughout the day with a pail. But that pail was filled up with whatever that inadequacy was earlier in the day so he had enough to take out. So God was talking to him. He says, you need a pail and you need to fill it with patience every day. So Bob being the uh, extreme sport type of life guy, he bought a pail at a hardware store and every morning he would fill up that pail with his with patience. And he said over and over again, it was emptied by noontime, but he was still holding the pail and he knew the importance of this. In this chapter he, he, he titled, it's called Buckets. And the tagline's very powerful. The tagline is, how is your life working for the people around you? A little different than the normal conventional way. How's your life going? No, no. How's your life going and working for the people around you? So he was able to get patience through that simple exercise, but he understood the importance of trusting God, how God loves people so, so much that he needed to step up and find out how better he can encounter people and represent Christ in their life. I need to wind down. So one, a few more things. I heard a pastor 
talk about the importance of identifying immediate things in your life and ultimate things in your life. And I wanted to add a little bit to that as it revolves around trust. Sometimes immediate things are good. They come at us daily. They can be good and bad, but they can also weigh against our trust in a God with his ultimate plan for your life in a situation or just you. The immediate issues that come at you are designed to capture your attention, possibly require a lot of time of you, but ultimately, is that what the, your trust is in God's ultimate plan? Let me explain a little bit more. So praying and just meditating on this, when I heard it, I said, God, what's your ultimate plan for me? What do I, what's my default setting in God we trust when immediate things come around, good and bad, good and bad? He said, Chris, one, you are loved. I want you, that's my ultimate thing you need to trust me with. You are loved. Two, You are designed to be in relationship vertically with me and horizontal with the people around you. And three, as an ultimate, I've designed you to spend eternity with me. So if I can take those three things that I've learned and when immediate things come, I check them against are they compromising or bringing me back to my ultimate thing of trusting what God had for me. So I'll give you an example. Many times in starting early off the day, I'm having my left blinker on at work or wherever I'm in the office, but then I take an immediate right turn, made a mistake, something like that, and it can overwhelm you for a second. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That was an immediate thing, but I'm going to go back to my ultimate thing. God just said I'm loved, right? So that immediate thing is just not as important as I thought. The second part, I can get so distracted in a day with immediate things that I don't spend time with him. Do I get condemned? No. Wait a minute. I go back to my ultimate things like, wait a minute, I was designed for a vertical relationship with you. So I'm going to try better tomorrow because I know you're going to be there. Or you're talking to that person. So this has happened to me a few times. Saying that person in your right eye starts twitching and you're starting to get angry or they just, something's going on. So say you have that point. Then I go back to God. I'm like, wait a minute. No, my ultimate thing is I was designed for a relationship horizontally with people around me. A, I need to figure something out that I need to grow in. Why am my eyes twitching? Or I need to just listen to you more about building a healthier encounter with the people around me. Or even now in today's times, 2021, I'm the fear of death. I mean, it's at doorsteps everywhere. Fear of death. But wait a minute. I go back to my point three of my ultimate plan. God has designed me to be in eternity with him. God, our Father, Abba, Father. Those are ultimate things that are important. So hopefully that makes a little sense of inter- intermediate, immediate things and ultimate things. But just winding down a little far here because we're at 1050. So the in God we trust. I'm going to be a little biased right now. The we is Faith Christian Center right now. We need to trust in God no matter what. 2020, there are unknowns in God we trust. 2021, there are more hurts maybe to come. And God we trust. 2021, there are more deceptions that may even look attractive 
in God we trust. Disunity in the church, not even here and in other churches, in God we trust. It needs to be our default setting on a daily basis in life. As Christians, we've been crucified with Christ, right? Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ, no longer me, but Christ lives in me. Excuse me. But shouldn't we trust more in what we've been crucified to than what we've been crucified from? Appraise how your trusting in God is going. It needs to be, like I said, your default setting no matter what. Even if the carpet gets pulled out under you because God's got you. He loves you so much. And just because we don't see what's always in front of me on that bridge and we only see one step at a time, that trust is so important. As we talked about today, he wants you to trust him. And he lavishes the idea that then he can trust you. We talked about that. On top of that, there are many areas that we need to trust him more in life. The things I just brought up, finances and then people. Make those encounters count. Because we serve a loving, loving God. Hope you got anything out to, uh, got something out of today. I'll just end in prayer, and then I did. I think we have time to do one other song I wanted to do. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the grace you give us. The grace, grace, grace you give us. Even more grace than we think we deserve or even need know that you've already given to us to navigate through our daily lives. Lord, everybody in this room and online, you know where they are. And you've met them, we believe, today and touched them. And Holy Spirit, you're not here to convict, but you're to convey where we may need to stretch our trust in certain areas of our life, Father God. Lord, we know this is a journey. Every step in expanding our trust in you, a loving God, be with us every step of the way, Lord. Thank you in the name of Jesus. If you are here today for the first time or watching online and and you've really, you know, you've heard the in God we trust, but you don't have a relationship in who we're telling you to trust in. Whether you've gone to church, you've heard about church, or never stepped into a building of church, whether you've been raised well or not raised well, God knows where you are. And he desires a relationship with you, a loving relationship. His son came and paid quite a bit of a price, dying on the cross for your sins and mine. But what that happened is that crucifixion brought life. Life for an opportunity where we could have a relationship with you. If you don't have a relationship with you, it says very simple. If you would confess that Jesus is the Lord of your life, you will be saved. But it doesn't stop there. Jesus is your Savior, but he wants to also be your Lord and build upon that after you pray. So if you would just pray this simple prayer after me, if you've never been, has, have ever prayed this before, it's really that simple. God is going to come into your heart. 
and you'll be beginning a new relationship with him. Repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for trusting me to say a simple prayer for you to come into my life. Father, I repent for any of the things I have done and turn to you. Fill me with your spirit so I can live a life for you. Fill me with your comfort so I can step out for you. Thank you for saving my life and having Jesus come into my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you did that in the first time you're in the room right here, we would encourage you to visit uh, our cafe out there. We're not going to give you any coffee. It's not open. But we'll give you some material uh, and pray with you to kind of identify more what you've done today. Uh, If you're online and you prayed that for the first time, call our office tomorrow. We'd love to talk to you and send you some information out, again, to identify more of what you did today. Our phone number is 508-336-4110. Give us a call. But you made one of the best decisions of your life today. But you can make a greater decision, a next best decision tomorrow by joining us next Sunday as well. I wanted to end on a special song here. So I talked to Pastor Ray. You know, as we're talking about trusting God. Some of the first ways we can trust God is by identifying who we're trusting in and exalting Him for who He is. So I just want to sing this song a little bit and then I'll let you dismiss Pastor.